0: Welcome to Women on the Line, Community Radio's national women's current affairs programme, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on Wondery Country of the Kulin Nations and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Eva Cook.
1: Females with psychiatric disabilities have been suffering from overt offensive sexist attitudes and behaviour from males both the staff and also the co-patients and it's not just me it's hundreds of women
0: mental health advocates have increasingly called for female-only areas in mental health settings. These campaigns are about improving the safety and experience of women in crisis, including reducing incidents of sexual assault. Mental health wards in Australia were separated by gender up until the 1960s, when decisions were made to mix them. By all accounts, a prevalent idea of the time was that the women would civilise the men. While this rationale holds little weight nowadays, mixed-gender wards remain. And this is despite reputable reports which indicate that almost half of the women admitted to Victorian hospitals' psychiatric units had been sexually assaulted and 65% experienced sexual harassment. I'm Aoife Cook. This week's edition of Women on the Line features an interview with campaigner Sue Armstrong, a Melbourne-based activist with a psychiatric disability who has been campaigning on this issue since the 1990s. But our first interview of the show, 3CR's Hope Mathambu speaks to the professor of psychiatry, Jayashree Kulkarni, director of the Manash Alfred Psychiatry Research Center.
2: So with me on the line, I've got Professor Jayashree Kulkarni, Jayshree, uh, Professor Jayshree Kulkani commenced her appointment as Professor of Psychiatry um, at the Alfred and Monash University in 2002. She directs a large psychiatric research group, the Monash Alfred Psychiatry Research Centre, dedicated to discovering new treatments, new understanding and new services for people with a range of mental illnesses. Jayshree specializes in women's mental health. Good morning, Jayshree. Thank you for speaking with us this morning. Good morning. So, I guess we're speaking about um, your work, Shri, And, or, you know, so can you tell us about the work that you do and um, your role in, in advocacy and what that's about?
3: Yeah, sure. So, I don't know if many of your listeners uh, are aware, but in Australia and many of the Western countries around the world, um, the situation is that patients who have any psychiatric illness who are admitted to hospital are admitted to mixed-gender wards. This has been the situation since the 1960s that men and women with psychiatric illness are managed together in the same wards. So, as you can understand, this leads to difficult situations, particularly when we consider that in the last um, 20 years, the preferred option for management of patients is community psychiatry treatment, So anyone who is actually admitted to an inpatient unit has to be really, really sick. So there's been an increasing level of severity of illness in the patients admitted to the wards. Add to that, there is also an increasing amount of intoxicating substances, street drugs being used, particularly such things as amphetamines, ice and so on. So what we have here is a situation in which there are very severely unwell people managed together. And there are instances of assault, um, both verbally, physically and sexually, in which women are the main victims of the assault. So for the last uh, 25 years, I've been campaigning along with many others to try to have areas on the wards, if not the entire wards, into gender segregation. That is, to have male areas and female areas, or at at best, male wards and female wards for patients with psychiatric illness. It's really important to remember that prior to the 1960s, this was the system that was in place. And this is the system that's in place in uh, some parts of the world um, where I, I think psychiatry treatments are probably not as um, sophisticated, but for some reason in the Western world, we adopted this commingled gender model, and it really is an issue for us in this current day.
2: Yeah, and and with that, you know, a lot of the time perpetrators perpetrators of assault happen to be in positions of care or trust, especially when it comes to women living with a disability. Does the call for female only mental health wards extend to staff as well? Um,
3: at the moment, no, because um, I'm we're looking mainly at the uh, hospital inpatient units. Of course, on the panel on uh, tomorrow night, there is. Uh, there is uh, uh, Tricia Maloney, who's a um, disabilities advocate, and she may speak more about the community uh, management of women with dis- living with disabilities. But in the inpatient units, um, we believe that, in fact, a mixed um, staffing ratio is, is not a bad thing, provided the staff are trained in gender-sensitive practices.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
3: again the the staffing situation not so much an issue as the patient to patient issue and um, the structure of some of the inpatient units and so on which don't allow for security and privacy uh, as they currently stand
2: yeah um, and and I guess there's there's bigger problems in 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 the bigger institutions I guess whereas there's I don't know, in in a hospital setting there might be more accountability?
3: Well, yes, definitely that's the case because deinstitutionalisation occurred in Australia, well, in particular in Victoria, in the 1990s and the big institutions were closed. You know, hospitals that were actually big asylums like Royal Park Hospital, Mont Park Hospital and so on were closed and patients were moved to the uh, standard public hospital system. But, of course, in so doing, um, the resources were um, diminished in the sense of, you know, if you think about decanting a 1,200-bed hospital into about a 25-bed unit. Um, So, again, the inpatient services were diminished, but the community services were enhanced. And so the idea was that patients could be managed in the community. This has further meant, of course, as I started saying, that, in fact, the inpatient units have to now deal with very unwell patients, because anybody who can be managed elsewhere is. That means that we have to to be looking uh, sensibly at how do we safely manage patients in inpatient units. And one of the calls that we're putting through is that uh, we have gender segregation or male areas, female areas to allow for better care and for better protection of both men and women. Interestingly, in 2008, the UK adopted this particular gender segregation system. So they have passed into law that uh, their psychiatric hospital beds need to be designated into male and female areas only. They haven't designated the staff in that way, but they did make the staff undertake gender sensitive practices.
2: Mm. Um, and 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 does this go? Does this also extend to to non-binary? People as well, and yeah, yeah, and uh, and trans men and women as well. Yes, yes. Um, Again,
3: there would be specific issues that uh, that um, people who are trans and uh, and by uh, experience, and uh, sometimes the practice is actually to say, "Well, just go along with the patient preference." You know, what is the uh, identified area that you would feel safer and and feel more at home in? you know, um, and then uh, go along with the patient's wishes to to decide where that person should be nursed. It is an issue that uh, seems like common sense, you know, that, in fact, well, obviously it, the psychiatric patients are not bed-bound like very sick patients in other parts of a hospital where they're physically unwell and not mobile. So here we have a very mobile group of patients um, who are nonetheless mentally unwell, but physically um, can be very active and so on. So it does seem like, well, what we've done is transpose um, a sort of a model of the 1960s onwards, where it was thought that a hospital should mimic what happens in the general community, which is that men and women live together, uh, into an inpatient setting. It doesn't translate very well at all because of the short stays in inpatient units of very severely unwell people mentally but physically very mobile. So we need to rethink how we actually manage patients in our inpatient settings.
2: Yes. Is there anywhere else people can go if they're interested in following and supporting um, advocacy around female-only mental health wards?
3: Yeah, there are a number of different organisations that now join us. Uh, clearly, I mean, Sue Armstrong has been a, a very passionate uh, advocate and she has set up a group called Women's Only Wards. She actually uses the media and uh, her address, Mixed, is she has a company called Mixed Nuts Media. So that's uh, one group. Women's Health Victoria is also supportive of our endeavours and they are based in Bourke Street, Melbourne. The Victorian Mental Illness um, Awareness Council, the VIMIAC Council, is also part of our group and the Women's Mental Health Network Victoria um, are also very much part and parcel of our group and of course my organisation, the Monash Alfred Psychiatry Research Centre. Great. There are many others as well, but it would take up too much time to tell you. But we're thrilled that there's a, a great support for this, what we think is somewhat obvious um, move to ensure privacy and safety for women on our inpatient units.
2: Yeah, um, definitely. and And all the best. Thank you for speaking with us this morning. Nice to be with you.
0: Our next speaker on this issue is Sue Armstrong. She is a passionate advocate for the reinstatement of female-only psychiatric wards. She's a fine artist and the founder and chairperson of Mixed Nuts Media Inc., an arts, video, training and production organisation by and for people with psychiatric disabilities.
1: This this issue about the need to reinstate female-only wards is, or it's coming from, is in our own voice, on our own behalf, about our issues. Females with psychiatric disabilities have been been suffering from overt, offensive, um, sexist attitudes and behaviour from males, both the staff and also the co-patients. And it's not just me it's hundreds of women who've been through. uh, I started in 1990 uh, uh, as an advocate in in the psychiatric disability rights movement. And way back then, I was trying to look for stuff on on women. And every time we tried to bring up women's issues, the boys would howl us down um, and talk crap about, oh, what about us, you know? um.
0: And what about people who are transgender? Non binary, how
1: does that fit into? Um, look, we've, we've thought long and hard about this. Um, we talk usually about women who um, identify as female.
0: And so you've been involved since the 1990s. What have you been doing over that
1: time? Well, when I first started in the psychiatric disability rights movement, there were three of us, and it, it's a horrible word. We use the word consumer. Mm. And that can mean lived experience of mental illness, person with a psych disability, um, you know, a whole thing. But consumer covers everybody. Mm. Uh, we haven't found a better word for it yet. As I was saying, um, there were three of us who were consumer consultants. That's
0: in Victoria in, in Victoria.
1: Yeah, in Victoria. Yeah. Um, and we were the pioneers. I recently went to the Victoria Mental Illness mm. Awareness Council um, what's called a consumer workforce com- conference and there were hundreds of people who were working as consumer consultants, being paid um, and, it, it, and, it, and in each bit, you know, having a say about the way we um, mental health services are uh, delivered. Mm. So I figure that I don't have to go do anything anymore on the general issues. Is I wanted to focus on the issue that really got up my nose, um, which was the treatment of females with psychiatric disabilities in psychiatric wards. However, we're also on about um, services in the uh, community, in the area of mental health services. So, you know, places like community care units, they're residential. And we're also talking about community-managed mental health um, support services. One woman, for example, in a uh, was allocated a bed in a um, group home, mm-hmm. and she was the only female, and there were three males, and they all expected her to do the domestic chores, and they all hassled her for sex. So she left, and she became homeless.
0: Yeah, and is that something that's quite common? That dynamic.
1: Yes, common isn't the word, it's, it's, um, it's disgraceful.
0: You're listening to Women on the Line. Earlier in the show, 3CR's Hope Mathumbu was speaking to Professor Jayashree Kulkarni. I'm Aoife Cook, and I'm talking to veteran campaigner and feminist Sue Armstrong. These two women, with very different backgrounds, are long-time allies and are working together on the call for female-only mental health wards for Australia.
1: A lot of people have said there's a lovely symmetry that a professor of psychiatry and a person who manages a, um, a psychiatric disability are spearheading this campaign.
0: Mm.
1: You know, top top and bottom, gra- mm. grassroots and high flyers. Um, yeah. And are you working
0: the campaign under a specific name?
1: Yes, we are actually. Um, it's called Inpatient. And the reason that it's called Inpatient is because Jashri and I, there's, there's been a lot of reinventing of the wheel over the decades. Yeah, no days. Um, but Jashri and I are impatient.
0: Yeah.
1: For positive and permanent change. For example, we um, did a postcard campaign uh, years ago, the Women's Mental Health Network Victoria, which I'm very proud to say had my drawing on it, which went to the then Minister Bronwyn Pike and the text said ensure uh, women's safety in psychiatric wards. Um, and from that we got a few, few, few reforms, but not what we really needed. I think that these jobs, you know, paid money uh, to to employ consumer consultants has been one of the benefits. The other thing is something new that's coming up is peer support workers, which is a little bit different. So you become part of the treating team, like with the, the psychiatrists and the nurses, mm-hmm. and you assist other consumers. Mm-hmm. And that's another paid position. Yeah, so like an advocate? Not example. not as an advocate. Yeah. That's the, the people who are doing consumer consultancy are, are the advocates. The peer support workers are people themselves who draw on their expense to support somebody else.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And so a lot of those are also calling for Mm. female-only spaces.
1: Yeah. Most women I know are. Yeah, it
0: sounds like there has been some progress made but on the most fundamental issue of female only wards it's, mm. it's not
1: happening I mean we've had petitions we've had reports we've had cons- women's consultants you know we've had corridors but even even you know is we're always going to have all those women that have, have you know who who were in hospital at a time when the the bedrooms was weren't se- separate you know and have suffered Trauma. I mean, one of the things. I mean, in one of the things in the inpatient wards now, you have two areas. You have high dependency and low dependency. In the low dependency areas are the women's corridors. Um, But you still have people eating together, whatever. And also, of great concern is the laundries because they're usually in a really isolated spot and. Mm. Of the ward, and a, a lot of things happen in laundries. The high dependency units are still mixed sex.
0: So, in your in your opinion, um, do you think the wards would also better be where if the staff were female only working with
1: women? Ab- absolutely, is and that's what's happened in the UK? Um, no, we're talking about um, four females by four females. Um, I talk about feminist psychiatry. Um, and it's by and for women. But also by, by females, I say females because I'm talking about women and girls. Female-only staff who are committed to the human rights of females with psychiatric disability.
0: And why, why is progress so slow in your opinion? Like what barriers do you keep hitting?
1: Look, I, I've been involved in a lot of um, progressive politics over the year. I would say that one of the last bastions of offensive sexist behaviour and attitudes is in the psychiatric sector.
3: Yeah.
1: We, what we got was uh, women's corridors. You didn't used to be able to lock your bedroom. What we did get was um, some money for the wards to be segregated in the sense that you the, the women's bedrooms are down one corridor and the men's bedrooms and people can lock their doors now. Mm. Uh, that doesn't solve all the problems, but um, I ju- I just thought we don't have public, uh, in public places we, we don't have, um, um, you know, we have male and female toilets. In a women's space, you don't have males. Mm.
0: And why did you get involved in this issue in particular?
1: Um, because of my experience. Um, Would you be happy to
0: talk about that?
1: Um, no, I don't tend to tell people that anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that's... Um, I don't have to spill my guts to be heard.
0: No, no.
1: Um, I choose when and who I... Um, yeah.
0: You know, you had a personal experience of this and it motivated you to make sure that other women aren't in the same situation.
1: Well, I think it, over, over the decades... I've spoken to hundreds of women, and it's, you know, (laughs) um, it's just wrong. You know, most people are shocked and horrified to learn that psychiatric wards in Victoria in 2016 are mixed gender. Most people thought, what do you mean? Because we're talking about people who are incarcerated. Um, I mean, we have private... we have. um, Segregated prisons. And so what
0: do mm. officials say when you try and advocate for separation? You know, if when you when you speak to the powers that be, let's say, about what you've told me, what response do you get? Mm. Do they say no, we don't agree, or are they more along the lines of, yes we'll make change, mm. but it never happens?
1: i think we make small gains yeah you know or or we have another re- report you know which which um, again over the decades we've, we've done all the research you know we don't you know um you know a progressive thing that we got was um uh, for one to two years in every area mental health service um they employed uh, women consultants but then there's only two now in the state that continued on.
0: And why was that?
1: Um, I I think that it wasn't part of the priorities of 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 um the services.
0: Yeah. What's the next step for the campaign?
1: Um. One of the things that we're we're doing is we I've I've uh, collected a lot of research. This is not a new idea, and who's said it before. Um. So we're doing that and then we'll be looking at re- doing some research like working out which research we need to do to update date the material um, and of course we're making the film called Inpatient which is about, apparently it's about uh, my quest with Jay Sheree um, to reinstate female-only psychiatric wards and psychiatric services in the community.
0: So it's a documentary film... Yes. And how are you finding that experience? Do you have people following you?
1: <laughs> well, Lisa and I have a joke. Yeah. Um, you know, because people with psych disabilities are all paranoid. I, we, she says that she's been stalking me and following me around with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the reason it's called impatient, is because Jatari and I are inpa- um, are impatient for... Uh, p- permanent and positive change. I would say anyone I've mentioned it to goes, you're kidding. Yeah. What can we do to help? This is ridiculous.
0: And if listeners now are having that same reaction, what can they do to help?
1: Well we're looking for letters, at this point, we're looking for letters of support from individuals, groups, organisations and services.
0: Okay, and who can they send it to?
1: Um, I can give you my email address. It's impatient. I for me, I for igloo, M for Mary, P A T I E N T dot D for dog, O for orange, C for cat, O for orange at gmail dot com.
0: Great. So people can email letters of support, and yeah. and who will those letters go to?
1: Um, well, they will form part of our um, project. Of who, of who supported us
0: listen thank you very much for talking to me i really appreciate it listeners can get in touch via your email and thanks for sharing that yeah great
1: all right thank we'll you, you
0: that was advocate sue armstrong and earlier we spoke to professor jayashree kulkarni thank you to this week's guests if you would like to support their campaign please write a letter of support and email it to Women on the Line is Community Radio's national women's current affairs programme. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Le Women on the Line programs can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line.